just me. A place to be me, where you get to experience life. Life is a journey, not a guided tour. If you want the rainbow, you have to go through the rain. All right. So today we are going to be talking about fostering healthy relationships or powerful relationships. And what we'd want to do is kind of start off by giving some information about what healthy relationships are um, and what relationships, what relationships are. So relationships can be, doesn't have to just be intimate relationships. Relationships can be with individuals at work, colleagues at work. It can be with your family. Relationships can be with your kids. Um, you have, your kids have relationships at school. So relationships are something that we all have to navigate and understand. And, um, as human beings, we are not individualistic creatures. Um, we do travel in packs. So that idea of having <laughs> that relationship, that belonging, we all have to navigate some sort of relationship. So how do we work on um, fostering those healthy relationships? Um, so ladies, what is and how do we foster healthy relationships? What is a what is a relation? What is a healthy relationship? And why are healthy relationships important? Oh, just starting off, my name is Sharina Smith. I'm one of the members of Just Me Podcast. So when it comes to healthy relationships, they involve the shared exchange between two people with no one having more power or control than the other. So when it comes to healthy relationships, that means having mutual respect for one another. And that means that you care about the other person while you're also caring about yourself. You respect the other piece, the person's decisions and choices. Also, it's all about uh, respect and trust, being very supportive, and feeling very relaxed as it relates to um, you and the other person having a relationship. So for me, just me, as it relates to our podcast, having mutual respect, trust, being supportive, very relaxed. That is what is a healthy relationship is to me. Tracy, you're me. I, I like your input, um, Sheree. Oh, I, I should be good now. Y'all can hear me now. Yeah. I, uh, I like your input, uh, Sheree and um, Sasha. When you just said the said the word packs, it made me think of the different packs that I have and like the relationships are different, but the principles are all the same. So I want that trust. I want that mutual respect. It's, it's different levels. So I have a relationship with um, my husband. I got relationship with my coworkers. I got relationship with um, people that I know from five years or 10 years ago, but I'm still in all of them. I'm trying to foster all of those good habits. Like you said, you want that, that mutual trust um, within them to know that it's healthy. And I know and looking back at some of the packs that I had, how they were not healthy, the um, the toxicness that was in them, 
but it, you got to come to the point where you get to realize, okay, well, this is not a good fit for me. Other people might can operate in these dynamics, but for me, it doesn't work either. Stresses me out. I find myself getting sick. So just here you said the word pack, like, oh yeah, I got a couple of packs that some of those pack need some adjusting because people have crossed boundaries. You know, when you look at that, I think um, the respect for each other boundaries to be part of fostering a healthy relationship. And when people start crossing those boundaries, you know, you got to sit back and think like, wait a minute, <laughs> is this one for me? Is this one worth keeping? So I'm, I'm excited already just getting and just hearing other people's input on what does healthy relationships look like um, for you and how, um, whether you're in a romantic relationship or a, just a coworker to coworker or sibling to sibling, what do those dynamics look like and how different or how similar they are. And Sasha also asked why is healthy relationships important? Healthy relationships can decrease stress mm -hmm. because you have someone that you can lean on, talk to. Um, they could be a support to you. And also um, statistics show that it can also help you live a longer life. Mm -hmm. Research also suggests that the social, social and emotional support from a committed relationship can also assist with lowering blood pressure and having a stronger immune system. So having healthy relationships can help you live longer. So that is why it's very important to have healthy relationships. See, that's that's why I don't like going live because like when you go live, like this is a live episode here and you talking, I can't help but go back and reflect over just some relationships. So the toxic ones I have, because everything you said, I got two relationships that just came to the front of my mind that don't match up to what you just said. And it's like, okay, <laughs> let, let me check or let me do some readjustments. So again, the information, you'd be surprised, like you go so long and you don't even realize that, you know what, maybe this isn't right. Maybe my best friend, is really the cause of this like pain or this stress that I'm going through, but I'm trying to hold on to a relationship that I really need to let go for my sake, you know, not, and then maybe it can come back later and be um, nurtured and healthy again. But it's, we find ourselves struggling to let go of unhealthy relationships and we try to make them healthy. And in the process, it just tears us down and because we're doing too much. So I, I'm hoping to in this dialogue that we become aware that, you know, some things we might just have to let go. Mm -hmm. you know, we're holding on to the wrong things. You know, if, if the adjustments can't be made, then, you know, it might be time to make some adjustments in your life because we want we shouldn't cheat ourselves out of healthy relationships because we're just trying to hold on to something that um, we it's just been there that long. We don't want to get rid of it. Like those old pair of jeans I'm still wearing from 1984. I could still fit them, but I could let it go. <laughs> so what no, was, yeah, that's, that's a good point is that a lot of times the whole idea of fostering healthy relationships is sometimes recognizing that you have to make adjustments with relationships. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you have to completely let it go, but you have to realize what 
unhealthy behaviors you are affording yourself that are continuing to foster unhealthy relationships. Sometimes we have to let things go in order um, to help our sanity, but it's recognizing when to let it go and being having that conversation with yourself talking to, and it could be that you maybe need to have a conversation with professionals, but recognizing that sometimes when we're trying to, foot, um, excuse me, when we're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, it mm. doesn't work. Um, and so th- that's okay. That's okay. Because hopefully as you've grown as a person, as you, have you, as you develop through life, you change. That's the whole point of life's journey is that you're changing and you're developing and you're prospering. So as a result, when you're trying to fit something that doesn't completely fit, it makes that ability to foster healthy relationships very detrimental for your own mental health and for your own sanity. And that's not to say that um, I know for me, coming from college to, you know, the real world, there were some adjustments with friendships and relationships. That's okay. Some people got put into a, um, there's a question in the chat. Some people, um, and I'll definitely read that. Some people um, readjust relationships as they go on. Some people say, hey, maybe this isn't a friend anymore, but because of situations, this is an acquaintance. That doesn't mean that they have they don't have the ability to go back and forth um, with different, you know, where that relationship fits in their life. But that's just to say with this season, maybe it's a better fit as an acquaintance and that's okay. There was one question in the chat um, and I wanted, before we move any further, um, just kind of a disclaimer that this is being recorded. Um, and so definitely whatever questions or comments that people do have, um, just please be respectful because this is um, meant for healthy dialogue. So um, we wanna respect everyone's opinions, respect everyone's insight, um, and just know that this information will be um, disseminated on our social media platform. So. Um, one of the questions was, um, what are our thoughts on building powerful business relationships? And so when we think about business relationships, that would be that form of, okay, professionalism and what that looks like. So I'm glad that was asked because we're going to go through and hopefully um, some of those questions, so that question will be answered in some of those things that we're going to touch upon today right now. One of the things that I think build a powerful business relationship is that communication. Communication goes a very, very long way with making sure that everybody is on the same page. So recognizing what the common goal is and then what your body language is between nonverbal, between verbal, um, what type of communication you're dis, um, disseminating to that person. So sometimes in professional relationships, we can be very, very, very stressed because we may have the shared goal, but we may not be the same way of getting to that shared goal may look different between um, employee A or employee B. So looking at that communication, um, are you communicating? I know with COVID and everything, are you communicating via electronic devices? If that's the case, then you have to think about tone and you have to think about um, the language that you use. If it's not, um, if you're doing face-to-face, you have to think about how your body language is and how you intended to show up. If the emotion was frustration, it does your body language show frustration? Do your words give frustration? And so when we think about communication, building those relationships um, within a business, communication is 
going to be key with business and other relationships. But ladies, what do you guys think? And also like, just know, go ahead. I like to, on that part, um, knowing um, that everyone has something to bring to the table and, and, and respect that kind of recognize each other's strengths and each other's weaknesses. And again, if you, if you're in a business relationship, if you, if you identify weaknesses then get the resources to help strengthen those weaknesses to make that make, help build that person up and then maximize the strengths. So um, it's teamwork makes the dream work. You know, if, if it's, if it's a partnership, we know that again, like you talked about goals, we are, it's a goal that we are all trying to reach. So any type of relationship, even in a, in a marriage or um, um, a physical relationship that um, set goals. Oftentimes we might put up a vision board or we make all of these um, things for the new year. But when we get in a relationship, we don't set goals for the relationship. What are you trying to accomplish this year? And, and if we and if we have something that we both trying to, you know, you do your part. I do my part. We should get those results. And again, in between those, if if you can identify weaknesses, then you are to help build those weaknesses up, to help build that partnership up together too. Mm-hmm. And also really knowing your values and beliefs, who you are as a person. Because if you don't know who you are as a person and what your values and beliefs are, as it relates to um, you being an honest person, being able to communicate your emotions and and communicating effectively is very important that you know who you are. So when you enter into these this business relationship with someone, that your beliefs and who you are goes away. Like, for example, if you are an honest person, if that's your value and belief, then you should be able to honestly communicate with people not feeling as if as um, a business partner that you cannot communicate and being honest as it relates to what you're communicating. Also, if your values and belief is, if your values and beliefs are willing to compromise, you want to make sure that is something that you will feel comfortable with doing as it relates to your business partners. So really making sure that who you are and your values and beliefs are not suppressed based upon this relationship. And that, that word communication going to keep coming up in everything. And uh, we did a good, a nice episode on communication too. So if you're listening to, you're able to go back and get some more um, in-depth insights on some thoughts about communication and some ways to improve, improve communication because communication is not just verbal, it's nonverbal too. So you can say something with your mouth, but your body language is sending out a whole different message. So imagine that in a business relationship when you agreeing but looking like you don't agree, you know, so it can cause some confusion. But also um, in line with answering that question, conflict resolution. So one thing for fostering a healthy relationship is communication and then conflict resolution is the second thing. So what do we do when there's a conflict? Most people don't like change. <laughs> Everybody has their opinion and going to bring it to the table. So how do we handle conflict? And I think that goes back to also your your values um, and what you've learned over um, growing up or um, what you've practiced in the past. So we all have been told that compromising conflict resolutions um, 
is how you work on relationships, but really taking a step back before um, even going into a conflict and realizing what your conflict style is. Everyone has a way of um, resolving conflict and or compromising. I know um, in my house, when I grew up, it was yelling for my mom. It was being quiet for my dad. So... (laughs) I unintentionally adopted those things, okay? <laughs> but in a work relationship, that is not healthy. I am right. I am doing the opposite of fostering any type of healthy relationship in a work atmosphere if I'm yelling <laughs> or if I'm suppressing how I feel. So really taking a step back when you think about healthy relationships with across the board is where you came from and how you do things. Um, and like someone said in the chat is that, Respecting the fact that everyone has different working styles, work styles, excuse me, but also everyone has different conflict resolution styles. And so with that, knowing yourself and being able to show up comfortably without compromising yourself, but then also without um, simmering or dismissing the other person, because then your your conversation is not going to go anywhere. Um, So just kind of a real quick recap about what some of those things are as far as fostering healthy relationships. And then we definitely want to kind of open it up so that we can get a further dialogue going is communication. Communication um, for us as professionals, I think that we've all agreed that communication is always the number one um, as far as fostering healthy relationships. But then the other one is recognizing what your conflict resolution style is and Not saying that being stuck in it, but recognizing it within yourself so that when you do show up for somebody else, you know how to um, communicate in a healthy way. So conflict resolution. What are your expectations? So when you are in a relationship, it could be a relationship with my partner. It could be a relationship with my mom. It could be a relationship with my sister. It could be a relationship with uh, my colleagues. What are the expectations? Do I need to reevaluate my expectations. Do these expectations fit the audience that I'm with? Do these expectations fit the the relationship that I'm um, that I'm with? So checking yourself and your own expectations, because sometimes our expectations don't fit the audience and we have to reevaluate. And then what are the goals? Making sure that your goals are appropriate. Okay. Um, And then what are your values? So a lot of times we, in a relationship, we project what we want other people to be. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. Um, We do it all the time as human beings. But in all actuality, fostering a healthy relationship is really checking in with yourself. You can't make, you can't change somebody else. But what you can do is possibly show up differently. And then if you recognize that maybe things aren't changing, reevaluating how that relationship fits in your life, especially with work. Sometimes working relationships don't work and that's okay, (laughs) but you still have to show up. So just know that your expectations now are going to change for that working relationship so that you don't go home feeling exhausted. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. One more thing, Sasha, what you said. So also you have to be flexible too. Mm-hmm. 
be willing to be flexible as it relates to accepting that there are times that I may have to alter certain things in order to make this work, this relationship work. If it's positive, because we don't want a whole lot of stress what's affecting you, you know, emotionally, and then you have like physical symptoms as it relates to the relationship being very um, stressful. So that means you also have to have self-care when it comes to fostering and having healthy relationships. I just want to plug that in. Yeah. I I wanted to add that piece on to the expectations that we often put our expectations like way too high. (laughs) Like, and so are they realistic expectations that we're asking? of the person or even of ourselves, because when we are our worst critics, so um, don't be so hard on yourself, but really, again, just sit back and reevaluate those things that you are demanding, requesting, asking, or expecting, and really see, is this a real expectation? Because you know the person that you're working with, Um, whether it's in a work relationship, a, a romantic relationship, you know that other person. And to ask that person to do something that you like is almost impossible. Why put it as an expectation? Mm-hmm. So put something that's achievable. And again, even when we setting goals, we don't ask for goals that are way, 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 way out there. Do these little things that are achievable. And then when you start making those small steps and you say, hey, I got to win, I got to win, I got to win. You will keep moving forward. Opposed to I tried this and ain't nothing working. Here I go again. Maybe them expectations too high. Those goals is too wide. You know, like bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. We got to work smarter, not harder in what we do. Definitely. <laughs> and we we exert so much energy on um, keeping some things that don't need to be kept and not applying the necessary energy in the areas that are needed. So we just really got to be mindful and watchful of um, who we are and who we are around as well. We have any more questions up in the chat? Let's see, let's see. Kind of want to open it up if people feel comfortable unmuting themselves um, and just throwing out some questions. You guys' thoughts. Hmm. That's a good question. Okay, so the yeah, I, I know, you know, I, I was just thinking if um, if you can think of the one relationship in your life now that you could change communication while can you identify a relationship that needs an adjustment in communication in your own life, like just one? I got four of them. Like um, the, the, the way we oftentimes when you when you're trying to speak, they receive it a certain way and it's not what you're trying to display. So what do you do when the person that receiving is not hearing your message? How do you make that message more clear? Do you let them just go with what they're thinking or do you take the time and say, do you understand? Um, Tell me what I just said to make sure y'all are leaving or operating on the same um, page in that conversation. And Miss Tracy, was that in relation to, was that 
projected to the question in the chat or was that just a general statement? Just just, um, just a general question. I think um, I think we answered that question um, for the respect that others may have um, in the, the workplace or the, the, what was it? The building, the, let me go back up here. I think it was Ms. Chisholm. Well, with the, yeah, you answered that question. Yeah, I think we asked, I had answered that part. No, just in a, a general uh, general statement, not not necessarily to that. Like, how, how do you, how do you, how does that other person gets the message when you know they didn't receive the message that you're trying to do? Because that, that's, that's, it's just an exercise with communication and conflict resolution because that person is going to go away. And I think a lot of times, people misunderstand what we're trying to say. And then you take the story. And then when I create my own story and I come back to you and the way I show up, I'm going to show up different. It's going to affect our relationship because I left with a misunderstanding that I developed. So that that's what I'm just trying to, to gear our minds to that. Um, oftentimes that friendships or relationships are challenged because people walk away not understanding what just took place. And then you go, you formulate these whole new stories and you come back with an attitude or this. And then months later, well, why was you mad at me? But that's not what I really meant. We'd be like, oh, but if you would have resolved it when it first happened, y'all wouldn't have went months without speaking or texting or when you see somebody, you roll your eyes and be like, hmm, she thinks she all that, I know what she did. But again, we, you walk away from conversations not understanding you walking with an opinion or an attitude opposed to addressing what just took place. So there's a question in the chat and it says, um, how do you find your conflict resolution style? And one of the things that I would, um, the first thing I would recommend would be thinking about how conflict was resolved when you grew up whatever that looks like how did you resolve conflict or how did you see others resolve conflict when you were younger reflect on that and then moving forward look at how you look at conflict and resolve conflict now are you a person that is receives information and doesn't say anything and like needs to process it? Or are you a person that needs to react immediately? And then looking at what the end game is, the the outcome, the the end goal is, what is it that you need from that conversation? What's the resolution? What what is the end goal that you want to achieve? But when we think about conflict resolution style, um, there's that, and it's also communication. There's, you can be passive aggressive with your, with your resolutions, um, conflict resolutions. You can be very assertive with your conflict resolution, or you can be very aggressive. And mm-hmm. so thinking about what you did in the past looking at what you do now, and then with a specific conflict, what is it that you want to be resolved? And that's how you find your conflict conflict resolution style. Um, 
I could give you, we could give you specifics on, you know, passive aggressive, aggressive, different things of that nature. Um, but the caveat is there, we all do um, a conglomerate of everything. So there's the question is, what is the, your main go-to? Mm. And that's something that you as a person would have to look at. Um, if someone can give a specific example, maybe we can break down something. Um, I'm more than happy to break down a specific example or situation if a person has one. I think that would be very helpful if um, if if the member would give us an example because conflict resolution may be different based upon whatever the situation you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But so just as yeah, but just as a general statement, um, yes. that's how I would go about finding my conflict resolution style. Yes. And I liked how you said, you know, make sure even before you speak, make sure you figure out what the ending goal is that you would like to have. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people impulsively communicate about uh, when they're in a conflict or something's going wrong. And based upon that impulsive emotional communication pattern, that can cause things to be worse than they really are. Mm-hmm. So really utilize silence and time to really process your thoughts and figure out what that ending goal is that you're wanting wanting to have as it relates to resolving a situation. And I I think it looks, like you said, it looks different on everyone. I mean, for me, I know my number one go-to immediately, I, I shut down for processing, but the shutdown can be short depending on what it is or it could be long depending on what it is and then um my response is different because sometime in my processing I don't process long enough and I respond from emotions and then I get emotional results sometimes my processing is longer and I have time not to process I mean respond with emotions I respond with more of a solution or something and you're talking. So um, you can, like you said, um, Sasha, it, it looks different, but you do kind of like have a fallback or go-to kind of like always, I think you're able to identify. It seemed like I always do that, whether I yell, whether I suck my teeth, whether I roll my eyes every time, you know, something is normally consistent, but you kind of change depending on what it is. And then who you have in that conflict with. Um, just for me, it, it might get a different response back as well. Okay. Hey, Ms. Chisa. Hey, hey, good morning. Hey, everybody, it's Chisa. So I just, um, I felt like since I asked the question, I was like, let me just see, should I jump on? Um, And so this is what I was thinking. I think, um, and this is just me personally, I do a combination of those things. So when a person, um, it's more so a disrespect thing than anything else. Cause I think you can possibly deal with a lot of, you know, just regular business things. But I think when somebody goes to the point where you feel disrespected, I always like to have a conversation with them. But I think personally, before I get to the conversation, I've already made up my mind that depending upon 
their answer and how they, you know, answer whatever the question is, then I know which direction is either we're going to, you know, keep going with this when it comes to, you know, business or the relationship or friendship or whatever, or, you know, I could just say, I'm just going to just go ahead and totally just let it go. But I've already kind of made up in my mind that if the person is, you know, apologetic, or if they explain what the situation was, you know, that you can give them some grace if, if there was something going on. And so for me, I'm always just kind of like, let me think about my response, see how I feel like they're going to, you know, respond. And then once they do, then kind of make the decision on which direction I want to go. But I've kind of already thought about that before we even have that conversation. But I'm definitely about having the conversation so that this way I can see how the person feels, how I feel, and then make the decision on if we can salvage anything. I think that's good. It sounds like you process like me. Self-care to you is important because I'm going to be straight. So if mm-hmm. you if you holler, I'm going to be straight because I'm going to do this. If you don't holler, I'm going to be straight because you don't do this. And you set boundaries already before you even had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? It usually results in um, that it's, uh, it's for the most part that it ends up, it's, it's a it's a cut off the relationship. And I think it's also because I don't think people sometimes value the person that they have in the relationship, you know, when it comes to certain things. And so I know for me, I've always told people, I'm a great friend. I, I try to go above and beyond to help people. And so I'm not going to be the just jump out there and just be upset with you. Now, I might be, but I'll have a conversation about it first and then bring it to you when I feel like there's time. But I guess my next question with that would be, what do you think is a good time frame for other people to kind of process so that this way it's not months, like you said, before there is some type of resolution? The, the timing to for me to give an exact say five months, six months, two days is I don't think you can put a actual time stamp. You have to be mindful of the timing. So if I want to address something, bad timing is if you hot and I'm hot, that's not good timing. If if I need to find a a, a balanced space where if it was to go left, at least we're entering and we're showing up at, at, a, at a smooth level. I'm not going to try to talk about something that could be like erupt really big if the, if the atmosphere is bad. So you have to be mindful of watch for timing on that. And then when you, when you go into the conversation, if you see it's not operating, it's time out. This is not the good time. We can stop it. But we like to push it and keep going. We started, we're going to finish it right now. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you know what? I see this not going good. Let's come back later on. And whenever that later on happens, it happens, but you try to make it happen. Like we got, we can, we talk about this tonight at six. If tonight at six, you still coming, somebody here and somebody here, this is still not a good time. Okay. I'm going to need about two days. Can we come back on Friday and talk about that and just make that part of the dialogue, but be intentional again about coming back to find a good time, but be mindful if the time is not right, don't try to make it right. So we have another um, response in the chat, but I just want to say this. You can't put a time in on other, other people's response. I mean, 
you can communicate whatever you would like to communicate as it relates to the conflict resolution or whatever the situation is beforehand. But if they're not ready to receive or they're not ready to process, we just can't put a time period on other people and when their timing is regarding communicating their thoughts and their feelings. I think that's the boundary that we need to have as it relates to knowing that we have done all we could and just accepting that as it is until they're ready. Now, we're not telling you not to stop living or, you know, stop moving forward, but you just can't, you can't make people um, do things that they're not ready to do or they may not want to do. And that goes back to that whole concept of um, the healthy relationship, fostering powerful relationships, especially um, in a business, is that Yes, you cannot make people respond differently. You cannot make people um, do different things. But in a business relationship, recognizing that everything comes back around. And so how you show up for this conflict is going to leave an impression on that person or for that person and other in future um, conversations or future situations. So um, I like what was said in the comment about um, sometimes you have to decide that forgiveness is granted, um, but access is denied. And so putting that boundary in place, um, people mess up. So in professional business um, relationships, people mess up. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Are you going to continue to be that person that nitpicks Every time, are you going to be the person that holds that over their head or are you going to um, find that forgiveness within yourself because you know that carrying that frustration around with you isn't going to be healthy for you, Um, but you know how to move differently moving forward because that expectation for that person maybe does not fit and that's Mm -hmm. okay. So not ruining that business um, relationship by saying, um, by having unhealthy communication and conflict resolution, but recognizing that maybe that expectation that you have for that person is doesn't fit, doesn't meet the mark. Um, and so someone else had said in the chat that, um, sometimes I get, um, sometimes they get impulsive, um, with their responses and that frustration goes to anger than to sadness. But all of that is the internal tor- turmoil that we go through, um, especially almost like a, a grief and loss process <laughs> of, um, of the situation. Like, man, I didn't get what I wanted. I, the expectation was not met. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as a result, we get disappointed. Then we get frustrated. Then we automatically put up our barriers and our walls and um, we shut down or we become, become de- um, dismissive or dis- uh, defensive. So recognizing that the first thing to a relationship is recognizing how you want to show up and how it's going to further perpetuate interactions moving forward. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. But how do you communicate that? How do you communicate what the expectation was, where there may have been um, faltering areas and then how do you move forward because best belief especially in a business environment things are going to come back around mm-hmm. and also miss shireen expressed that if i don't have an outlet upset mm-hmm. turns to anger 
and then to sadness. That's why it's very important to have, you know, multiple relationships where you can really communicate your thoughts and concerns with others and they can help you get through whatever situation you're dealing with. And is that why we all need relationships? Yes. <laughs> yes. We need relationships and and we need and we need a whole, we need more than one relationship because we stress sometimes we stress that one or two one or two relationships we have because we put so much into the so much into those relationships and we expect for those one or two relationships to solve all our problems. That's why I tell people you have to have a balance of relationships. Even within a business, um, even within a business profession, like in the business field, um, there could be, I know for me, I have multiple colleagues that I communicate with who happen to also be counselors or therapists because there may be a way that I'm looking at it that could be completely faltered or, you know, teetering. Whereas I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't see it that way. So making sure that you have that dialogue and you have those those circles is going to be very important, especially in the business realm. Um, because that relationship that you have with that person, um, I'm pretty sure there are multiple other people in that um, in that business element, plenty of other CEOs that maybe are like, uh, you know, maybe you should look at it this way. So definitely getting ideas off of people. That's okay. So does anyone have any other questions they would like to ask? We would like you to jump in if you like. You can place them in the chat or just come off mute and ask questions. And if not, any other comments about how you guys feel that healthy relationships should be supported or fostered? or powerful relationships. I think I, I may have, hi everyone, my name is Farusha Jones-Sharon. Um, I think that I may have come in on the tail end of things, but I think the biggest thing is communication. And I think I kind of came in on that part of it, effective communication and, um, you know, knowing how to communicate, I think, is the biggest takeaway with um, fostering um, healthy relationships. Because sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, and knowing how to communicate and also understanding that everybody is not going to communicate in the same manner, you know, um, just like I said, I, you know, I, I was talking about a totally different situation. But at the end of the day, like when I communicate with someone and then I feel like you know because first of all I'm a Jersey girl okay let's <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I, my mentality is a little bit different but I've been here in North Carolina for a very very long time um but I still have my Jersey tendencies in my head now do I lash out at people no because Obviously, I'm a business professional. There's certain things that you should and should not do, right? But effective communication, like I said, would probably be the most idealistic thing to do or say or or how to handle the situation. 
but then don't expect everyone to have the same thought processes as you, you know, and then think that how you feel should be how they feel or how you react should be the way that they react. And that's my two cents. I'm done. (laughs) I'm at work and I'm taking out my crochet and I'm like, yeah, this is weird. So anyway, hey, y'all. Hey, no worries. No worries. But but I I resonate with you when you said that you're from up north because I'm from New York. And the way that when I came down to North Carolina, the way I communicated uh, my conflict resolution was completely different. Um, I recognize down here there's a um, a nice nasty. Um, right. <laughs> so, right. Whereas up north, like I'm gonna give it to you and you gonna take it and it's and gonna, you I'm gonna say what I, right. exactly. I'm gonna say what I gotta say and DM period. But down here it's a little different. <laughs> um, and so definitely recognize it. and that kind of goes back to what did you see when you, I don't want to say growing up, but in the past, what did conflict resolution look like for you in the past? That's not to say that you haven't progressed, but we all tend to, re- to resort back to um, old behaviors when right. we are pushed up against the wall and when we feel like we're being challenged. Yeah, that was the point I was, that's what I wanted to get into as well. Um, because at the end, of, you know, when we think about how we communicate with people, I, I'm no therapist by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I but you know have a, that- you have opinions. <laughs> yes, I know that um, it does matter how you were raised, you know, mm-hmm. what you experienced through your childhood. You know, I see a lot of myself um, or in both my mom and dad, you know, my father was a bit of a tyrant, you know, so, you know, part of my twenties, I was a bit of a tyrant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then somewhere once I, my late thirties, early forties, I was like, okay, I'm more, I'm more, um, of an independent thinker and, and the mannerisms of my mom, you know? Um, okay, Parisha, you can think yourself through this thing, you know, and then of course, life experiences is your teacher as well, you know, so um, it's definitely a combination of all those things, but I definitely feel like your childhood does play a, a substantial role, especially in what you were exposed to previously. So yeah, good points. Absolutely. And I love how I think that for you individually, um, you had said that, you know, you go from anger to sadness, but recognizing and identifying those feelings mm-hmm. is are elements of growth and, you know, going through life and progressing and growing. Because a lot of times when unhealthy conflict resolution is being stuck in that anger unhealthy communication is being stuck in that anger and that passive aggressive or that sarcasm or those um, demeaning words um, in order to get your point across. But recognizing that um, communication and conflict goes through a process. So there are elements of anger that you do feel, but projecting them onto the other party in a business manner, in a intimate relationship with honey child with my mom. I'm like, (laughs) 
looking back, I'm like, Sashi, mom, mommy didn't need all that. Okay. You need to reel it back in. Um, but you go through those elements of emotions. The fact that you're recognizing that you are experiencing these, because some people don't recognize, oh, I'm angry or, oh, I'm sad or, or, oh, I felt guilty. And so being able to name those emotions as you go through life helps you with conflict resolution because now you in, um, internally are learning more about yourself and how to show up how to effectively show up with any relationship. So, I mean, I think that you're on that journey um, continuing to go on that journey. You've kind of mastered one thing with naming those emotions. So good job. <laughs> thanks, thanks. So, quick, quick shout out to Chisa Pittix Brown. Hey lady. Okay. Hey girl, how are you? <laughs> good, I'm well, thank you. I hope you are. Sorry, I y'all. Am. I just had to do that quick interjection. Absolutely. Yes, no, that was good. But I'm very much like, I think I'm more like Tracy, honestly, because, you know, even though I understand what you guys are saying about how you were raised, I think a lot of the things that I saw when I was raised, um, I purposely didn't want to do those things. Mm-hmm. So I tried not to be like that. And I'm just saying just from immediate, like, you know, a resolution was whoever's going to keep yelling the longest, right? So similar a little bit to to Sasha, but I'm like, at the end of the day, that does not work well for me. It is a waste of my time and a waste of my energy, you know? And so like, you know, when me and my husband got together, my, my whole thing to him was like, what don't you like? about however you were raised, you know, like what are the things that we're not going to do? And so having that, I mean, you know, back to what you were saying, the communication, having those conversations in the beginning, I think is what probably led us to have a more successful marriage because I didn't want to yell and argue. I didn't want to try to prove who was the whatever. Right. So we try to use logic with our relationship and, and, you know, and just take into consideration that apologizing, because I don't think saying sorry and apologizing are not the same thing to me. So recognizing, and, and so this is where I'm really big at the part that you played in making whatever this situation that to me is an important thing. And so I always look at just like personal responsibility for the actions that you caused and then kind of figuring out, okay, well, where can we go from here? Because I know it's a lot of relationships you can't just get rid of. Other mm-hmm. ones that I that I have no problem, you know, just getting rid of, I'm going to get rid of them. But the ones that I, I have to keep, you know, like, so when you said the thing about um, what's the result that you want, Mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing more so not just your personal relationships, but in business, like a lot of people will go through a lot of stuff because they want money or mm-hmm. because they want to be seen a certain way. So I, I think for me, I have to just look at what do I want to happen and how did I play a role in making this good, bad or indifferent? Absolutely. Yes. I know that we have a few minutes left, but I think it also boils down to um, emotional intelligence as well, right? Um, Because we all experience life in different phases and how we communicate with people and how, you know, what we've, well, even more so, are we healed? You know, do we have that thing within us to be able to move forward and know how to effectively communicate. Because a lot of the times, no matter what you've experienced, you will say, hey, you know what? I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. 
but there's something ingrained <laughs> in your DNA or something uh, where you, parts of you become that person. And, um, you know, well, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with my, my trauma now in therapy. So I'm, I'm, I'm un unpacking a few things, right? Yep. Um, but trauma plays a huge role in how we communicate as well. You know, were you able to get over that thing? And if you weren't, you know, they, these are why people deal with certain things in the manner that they do. So, I mean, my hat's off to you and Trace, uh, Chisa and Tracy for being able to be like, listen, I'm not here for the mess. You know, it is what it is. Um, but some of us that are still healing, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think it's admirable. I wish a, a part of my life wishes that, you know, there was that bulb that went off and said, you know what? Hey, I, I you know, I'm not dealing with this today, you know, but there's that part of me that's like, yeah, but I've been traumatized all my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a snowball effect of emotions and all that kind of stuff. But, um, here I am. I'm here to tell the story, right? Miss, <laughs> yeah, Miss Jones, let me tell you that ball of emotions hit each and every one of us hard, just yes. the same, like it hit you. So trust and believe I had to do some deep breathing exercises on Sunday when it came to my son. So right. I had to do my own SOS and apply it. So I hear you. Believe, we, we still, we still have to face that same ball. And sometimes we do good and sometimes we strike out. But the fact that you know that you're trying, at least mm -hmm. you're trying and every little step counts until you get to where Miss Jones need to be. Because where Tracy need to be, I still ain't get there yet. So <laughs> you might not have to go as far as me, but as long as you're doing something and you are getting, you, every little step counts. So keep taking those little steps until you reach the goal that you set for you and you get the results that you need for you. And I think right. across the board, we, we'll be able to identify more, pay more attention to either the relationships that we're about to enter into or take a second look at the ones that we're in to be like, hmm, this one don't need no work. Hmm, I might come see you on Tuesday. Right. But and Miss Persia, as we wrap up, Miss Jones, as we wrap up, it will be very helpful also if you can go back and look at some of our previous episodes because that's where acceptance and forgiveness comes in. Yeah, because as you're, you know, going through the as you're going through your trauma and healing, you definitely need to be aware and also communicate with people. Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm going through a lot right now. So let's hope and let's educate people about acceptance and forgiveness. Right. Thank you so much. I will. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I just so happened upon it and it popped up. I, I saved it to my calendar and. I was like, hmm, this, this sounds good. I'm gonna check it out. So great. Thank you. Thank you for having these these open dialogues. These are the conversations that we constantly need to have because people 
you know, people need to be educated. People need to understand where their positioning in life is, why their positioning in life is the way that it is. Um, and we, there's not enough, not enough dialogue to understand um, who you are, especially if you're not going to therapy or if you don't have someone that is an effective communicator and can really help you dive deep into your stuff. But that's where therapy comes into play. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Bye, ladies. <laughs> Sasha, how can they reach us and stay connected? Yes. So you can definitely reach out to us at um, www.justmepodcast, the number one at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or concerns. Um, but you can listen to previous episodes at um, WordPress, Just Me Podcast WordPress, um, or Podbean or Spotify. Um, so yeah, justmepodcast.podbean.com. And thank you guys so much for reaching out to us and taking the time out of y'all busy days. And definitely take care of yourself so that we can all take care of each other, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Just Me Podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions, and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me Podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavioral health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.